Hello, good evening, gentlemen and lady, and welcome to the Bethel Radio, Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight in our segments, we will be discussing Ephesians chapter 2, verses 7 through 10, building the Mount Rushmore of numbers, and continuing our talks about immigration. And I just realized I have the wrong notes pulled up. And, and officially, we can say ladies now. Much yeah. shame. Oh, officially? I didn't know there was, we were unofficially not able to say it. What happened to it? No, no, no. There's two. We've got two ladies. Oh, we can say ladies. Oh, hello. Come on in. Uh, I'm Molly Kingston, your producer and fourth chair panelist. And joining me in first chair is Pastor Ben Kingston. Dad, if you had to wear one Halloween costume every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? A hunter. Okay. Good. That's a good answer. In second chair, <laughs> Dr. Gavin Hook. So what would you be if you could only wear one costume for the rest of your life? <laughs> Halloween costume. One Halloween costume. A hobbit. I mean, I <laughs> a hobbit. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, you know. I, I could probably, they probably have him not in my size. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. definitely. Right. If you can't beat them, join them, right? <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, the, the, the nasty thing about them is uh, the hairy feet. <laughs> Uh, finally, our third chair panelist is Ryan Mayberry. What about you, Ryan? What would be your costume? I'd be the Killjoy kid that doesn't dress up. All <laughs> oh, yes. I'm dressed up as Ryan Mayberry. Yeah. <laughs> you would be yourself. <laughs> Those in the audience. They never guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to share your own answer to this question, text the number on the screen, and I will share them throughout the show. Once the number comes up, it'll come up in just a little bit. Uh, this also applies to anyone listening later online. If you want to comment your answer on the Facebook post, please do, and then share and like so that others can join in on the fun. Um, oh, and this also goes for any questions or topics that we discuss later on. If you want to text in something, I know, Dad, I'm getting there. What is your Halloween? Personally, it's, it's, <laughs> it's at the end of my paragraph. you got to wait. Personally, I want to cosplay as a Nightingale um, from the video game Skyrim. So the Nightingales are oh. the highest ranking members of the Thieves Guild. And they have like a really awesome costume. It's pretty much all leather and then they have swords. She's put way too much time into this. I really did. Well, my first answer was actually an elf from Lord of the Rings. Sure. But then I remembered Nightingales and I wanted to be that. Cause they, don't they're tell the elf. <laughs> Yes. Okay. And then I had someone in, I had someone text in. Brad Miller would like to be a Jedi for the rest of his oh, life. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then Layla wants to be a modern day hippie. I am your father. <laughs> a modern day hippie. There you go. You're gonna have to grow your hair out. Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> always extensions. <clears throat> That's right. true. Or wigs. Those, Those long are good. ponytails are. Okay, so that was obviously in honor of Halloween. <coughs> I hope everyone had a fun Halloween and a safe Halloween. We're going to move on to our first segment of the night, which is Ephesians. We are in chapter 2 and going over verses 7 through 10. Do you want to read all of that in a chunk and then split it up, Dad? Sure. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith in that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This is a passage that, for Baptists, is a, a really huge, if you will, passage because it, it is a, a slam dunk for eternal security uh, and the such. Now, with that said, I think that many times some of the um, well, biblical value gets lost when you just use it for that purpose, okay? Um, and so what, what I basically did is I put three headings here. Uh, heavenly reason that you're saved, which is the first verse or two. How are you saved, eight and nine. And then the earthly reason why you were saved, verse 10. And so when you look at it like that, the heavenly reason that you're saved is that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I heard a preacher years ago say, and this, this particular congregation has heard me refer to this many, many times, is that if an angel walks up to God and says, show me your glory, he points to one of us that has been saved. And he says, that here's my glory. This person was once fit for hell, bound for hell. I saved them by the grace of my son, and now they're fit for heaven. 
and bound for heaven. Hmm. Comments? Yeah, trophies of graces. I, I may have come from a sermon you preached, but I've always put this uh, passage alongside that principle. We're trophies of grace, and you can remember uh, a person who has won a trophy, they, they remember the history and the details of the winning and the game or the, the challenge that it was to win that uh, competition or to win that victory or whatever the case may be. It may have been a battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, soldiers have battle uh, medals that they wear for a given campaign, So um, and they remember the details and what it cost them mm-hmm. to to uh, win in that circumstance. And I, I could th- you know, think of the, what the, Christ would say to me, here's a look at this trophy of Gavin. I, I got the a gospel tract in the hands of his grandmother, who, who she left, laying out for the kids to read when they were at her house. And that put in his head the idea that if he didn't uh, make an accounting to me, he, he would have been um, going to hell. And he, he acted on that. But that wasn't the real battle. The real battle was... 15 years later when his parents divorced Mm -hmm. and he left the faith and I won him back. So the second time. Uh, So, so those, the stories and the details behind each life that's changed or transformed, I think it's going to be worth sitting around the fire in heaven, listening to each one, Christ point to each one of us and say, and this, you, you wouldn't believe what Brian went through on such and such date but I, I, I had a voice and calling him back to me and, and the, the things that I put in place for that to happen this is how I did it you left faith but faith didn't leave you <clears throat> Ryan you got no. something to say on that yeah uh, it's a really good section for a lot of reasons but uh, it's a good example of why you can't take things out of context so if you were to just read let's see which ones uh 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. If you just read that, then you could come to the, I would say, lazy conclusion that you could just, you know, it's whatever. I'm, I'm saved. You right. know, There's many verses against that. Right. But uh, if you read all the way to verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's part of our purpose in life mm-hmm. is to do good works. Um, he destined us to that. I was just, yes, specifically the works he's ordained us to. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it you can't earn your salvation through works, but it brings works about, and that correct partly fulfills your purpose in life. A- amen. Yeah. Well, so uh, when you look at it, uh, Molly, you got something you want to add to any of this? You, uh, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm got just it. enjoying listening. All right, good enough. So. It, heavenly reason you're saved so that God can use us as examples of his grace how are you saved by grace we are saved through faith and the way I see this is that faith is even not of yourselves the faith and the grace is the gift of God so in other words we couldn't even manage our own faith he had to, the, the the terminology is quickened he quickened us enough for us to say yes or no mm-hmm. essentially and and then not of works lest anyone should boast uh, I brought Warren Wiersbe's commentary with me but um, he basically says that you know if your if your good works can't save you your bad works can't unsave you either you know, and it goes both ways. Uh, if your bad works aren't enough to send you to, or if they are enough to send you to hell, your good works aren't going to be enough to save you from hell. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it, it's strictly by grace through faith. That's the only way to get saved. But like Ryan has said, the earthly reason why you are saved is to show everybody the workmanship that Christ has done. You know, we, we can't boast in ourselves, but we can absolutely boast on the cross of Christ. I mean, look, look what he had to do, you know. And, you know, I, I think it's important for us not to weigh our testimonies against other people that have, quote, unquote, better testimonies. You know, <coughs> well, that person, he, 
he was a drunkard, and you know, he slept with all the women, and he was in a gang, and he's got so much better testimony than I do. And I've heard it both sides. People right. who have had, however you want to put it, a better testimony right. or a worse life, however you want to put right. it. Them complaining about people thinking they're all high and mighty, and then people who have lived a milk toast life thinking that these people have such a great test. I mean, it, you don't have to compare to each other. That's you exactly both right. are saved yeah. by the same grace. It, it yeah. took the same amount of blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. With that said, the people that are truly saved and have quote unquote those testimonies, they'll tell you that they had traded in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. You know, for the person that was raised in church and right. quote unquote never got into all that gross sin. Mm. But, th- th- and this is something that just floored me in college. When you do a exegetical w- study of the word wicked in the Old Testament, it ain't talking about the gangs and, and the adultery and all Wickedness is having a thought other than what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. That's wickedness. Well, so now all of a sudden we are all in the gangs. We are all adulterers, if you will. You know, Sin is a missing of the mark. That, that's, that, yeah, yeah. It, that's exactly right. You know, when an archer would shoot he in the Old Testament, he'd say, I sinned if he missed the mark. And we all have missed the mark. So, uh, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I, I truly believe that if we're not looking for those good works through each day, we're not fulfilling what this passage wants us to do and when you look back again at all the amazing things that we have in Christ the least we can do is to try to do the good works that he's called us to do amen and I, I think it creates a, a spiritual pain in you if you if, if, if you're not saved you already have that what, what am I here for that right. uh, was the purpose of my life and then when you get saved and, and you for whatever reason don't engage that purpose that God has called you to him or I think it creates a pain uh, in in your uh, your spiritual self and your soul maybe too. I, I don't know, and maybe even your mind, your so, your your uh, mind, will, and emotions. Your soul creates a pain. So um, it wasn't Christ's intention just to put you in the fold. He put you there for a purpose. And you could see too, certain uh, people, if they refuse to accept Christ, they still come to the conclusion. A lot of times, you know, if they're wondering, what is my purpose in life? They come to the conclusion, well, I need to do good things. I need to be a good person. But they still, it, there's yeah. emptiness without yeah. a, a reason for doing those good things. Yeah. Right. Well, look, look at the push for volunteerism, mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in our world. You know, do something for other people. <laughs> Where does that come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Do do it. But right. ask yourself why at why? the same time. Right. That's right. And, and, and whose idea was that person? Why is it a good thing right. to help other people? Because it's a godly thing. Predestined to do it. Yeah, that's right. You've been predestined to it. There's that word. Mm. (laughs) Stuck it in. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Uh, This last verse is actually kind of what I hooked on. I mean, all these verses were really good, though. Um, But I just liked the workmanship one. And so I mentioned last week that the app I use, you can look at other people's notes that they've made on Mm -hmm. certain verses. So I looked at... um, what people have written for this verse. And one of them that I really liked was, it was from Reverb Church, which I don't know where that is, but it's a a message that the pastor preached from this chapter that was who we were, who we are, and what we're called to be. So we were sinners, but then God saved us by grace, and now we are his workmanship. And, And then someone else wrote that, you have the lie and the promise. So, you know, we have the lie of the world, our flesh, and the devil tells us that we're insignificant, that God doesn't have plans for us, um, and that Satan can say that that we're ineffective in the kingdom. Um, And then, like, for ourselves, this person wrote, life has passed me by, my best days are behind me, I'm too young, I don't have the pedigree. Um, and that's Satan and the world and the flesh working against you. But in these verses, we are promised that we are God's handiwork and good work is um, prepared for us in advance, that we are predestined for that. And then also they mentioned some other verses like Proverbs 16.3 to commit works and that he has plans established for us in Psalms 24 that he may give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. And then Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you. 
Um, so those are just some of the things mm -hmm. that I really liked yeah, that people brought out. Yeah. One thing too, uh, th that word workmanship yeah. it, it comes from uh, P O I E M A poeme, and we get our word poem, and and that's what you know we are to God. Uh, we are His poem, His sonata, <coughs> mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, his workmanship uh, is His creation. We are his, we are his artistic creation to do good works. You know, th think about the good that you have done that you don't really think a lot of it, but the person you did it for thinks the world of it. Right. You know, just like at, at Emo's, you know, that, that guy, for you, friend, the world. I mean, that changed my life. Right. <laughs> and, 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 the guy don't know me from Adam, but just his, his good work of serving me at a pizza shop, you know, and, and here you and I are in a church setting and we're striving to do good things for people. It, it really means a lot to them. Yeah, poems are written uh, with passion, yeah. with purpose. Mm -hmm. And with very, very intricately, and that's what I was thinking, like if you've ever sat down to write a poem. Harmony. Yeah, it's rhyme. like you have to think Roses of the rhythm, red. you have to think of the rhymes, but even then if you're not thinking of rhymes, you're still thinking of each word has to be picked mm -hmm. very specifically because you're not, it's not prose. It's not like you can sit down and just write everything that you're thinking. You're trying right. to get a select group of words that work together right. to convey meaning. your meaning. Something meaningful. In a, in in a beautiful effectively. way. Effectively, yeah, in a beautiful, in a beautiful way. way. Yeah, God's an artist. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and that it flows. Yeah. You know, and I, I know that's what you're trying to say or what you are saying. Um, I'm thinking of Tom Nays stuff, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, I mean, because it, it, it doesn't always rhyme, and he's Pat, not going for that. No, that's what I said. Like, it doesn't have but to. But, yeah. but it's got a rhythm to it for sure. And mm -hmm. a dig. Yeah. You're right. It's oh, got a yeah. dig. Yeah. Very good. I don't know if we got to our time. Oh, yeah, we're good. We can, we can move on. And actually, um, I will use some – I got some text in from the audience. Um so someone's costume said a healthier self, so themselves, but ah, a healthier version. I agree with that one as well. Uh, the closer, they also said that during our Ephesians discussion, that the closer you feel to God, the more joy you receive helping others, which yeah. is something you hit on. And then as Jesus said, by showing your love to others also shows that you're a part of me, mm, so that they will good, know yeah. you by how yeah. you love one another. Word God's calling for it. Good. All right, so we'll move on in Ephesians um, next week. We're moving on to Mount Rushmore, and this week's is on numbers. So we're making our Mount Rushmore of numbers. So I got, I've got to know why this, why numbers. Okay, so <laughs> so I was, you know, trying to plan ahead, and so I just Googled Mount Rushmore things, and oh. one of the ones that I ran across was numbers, and it, they came up with some interesting answers. So I was like, okay, well then I'm curious to see what we we would come up. I've got some very good answers. Okay, well, I'm excited. Okay. I'm, excited I'm not going to go first. No, this well, isn't going to be very spiritual Ryan, for me. Sorry. since you were okay. curious, oh, so if you don't mind spiritual. starting. I'll go first, yeah. I oh, picked, no. so, uh, go ahead, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> I picked two because it's not good for a man to be alone. Yeah. Uh, 66 because there's 66 books in the Bible. Yeah. 1984 because it's a good book and uh -huh. it's my favorite arcade that I go to all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then X, because it's an arbitrary number, just like this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you are deep, bro. Goodness, I feel inadequate. <laughs> yes, me too. I got nothing like that. You are no, I, compared to that. I spend enough yes. time on this one. <laughs> yes. All right, well, you want me to go? No, see, that's why I picked this, Ryan. It's because I knew it would generate this kind of discussion. Yes, Dad, go ahead. So I'm going to do like Gavin does. So we're going to start with number four. Of course. 1994, the year the Hogs won the Ooh. national championship mm. in basketball. Hasn't happened since, but 1994. Uh, number three, the number three to stand for my three kids. Number two, 1-15-70, which is January the 15th, 1970, which is my wife's birthday. Okay. And then number one, 1894. Does anyone know why that number is significant? The date the church was founded? That's right. That's right. It's oh. on the cornerstone of the church. I just saw you had gospel in your notes. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what it had to do with the gospel. Uh, <laughs> Bethel Baptist Church had to do with the gospel. 1899, yes. that's when the church was established. Okay. I like it. I'm going to go ahead because I'm hoping that everyone will forget mine because it's in the middle. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to start at the top because I kind of built mm. from there. And I started with three. And it was because of three siblings, me, Benjamin and Tony, but then also um, because of the Trinity. And so, and oh, wait, and wait, and, wait and that you the putting big yourself on the level of the Trinity. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no! Oh my Ooh. goodness, no! <laughs> that would be the unholy no, Trinity. No, I had I had multiple reasons for three because then it's also just God's number. I know, but I'm trying to defend myself. Um, and then number seven because it's the complete number. Yeah. But then also seven brides for seven brothers, yeah, and so go. I always loved that. And then because I love seven brides for seven brothers, I wanted to live that life and outdo that life. So I wanted 14 children. So that was my third number was 14. And then my last one is 21. And that's because of the meme of the little kid getting asked a math question. And he just answered 21. And so that's why I was like, okay, I like that one. See, this is why I wanted to go in the middle. I got all of them except 21. Well, I've, I've yeah. not it's seen because, the meme. And, right, right. But I, and I say it a lot. Like when someone ever mentions the number 21, I just have to repeat it. So I was like, it's a, it's a significant it part of my life. If it makes you feel life. any better, I think the same thing when someone says 21. See, so. yes. The other millennial gets me. There you go. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they're they're going to forget yours. <laughs> that was a, that's what I was aiming for. So, so there are three kinds of people in the world. Those who are good at numbers and those who aren't. So, I'm not. Did you catch it? Think oh. about that. Three kinds of people. Three kinds of people. Oh, dang you it. Explain <laughs> it. It's just not funny. I told you, I'm not. <laughs> so, when you said Mount Rushmore, I got one. Uh, I, I just didn't think about there being four faces on Mount Rushmore. For whatever reason, I was in the sun How too long. How many times have we done this it. segment? I know. There's four yeah, things, Gabby. But you put so four numbers. You <laughs> I, I was happy to come up with one. <laughs> All right, let's hear your number. One number. Eleven. And it's brought to you by the letter H. <laughs> Sesame Street. Yes, I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, that's probably my favorite. Uh, so I will tell you that moving forward, we're going to have a mix of both spiritual Mount Rushmore's okay. and non, yeah, well, it's not bad. non-spiritual, but just not yeah. God-centered, I guess. I don't know if that's even better. But okay, <laughs> we're moving on before I shink the Does anybody know why number ship. 11, by the way? Uh, my birthday. Mine too. November. Oh. oh. <laughs> November the 11th. Looky there. Look, looky there. Looky no, there. I, wait, today's the second. Yeah, see, so I, just nine shopping days left. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty impressive but, math but for me. I'm telling you, it's right the now. 28th of November, though. So oh, it's yeah, it's 11. Yeah. So you got plenty like of time to shop. The month is the 11 part. Yeah. Yeah. And then his day is 28. <laughs> see, when you got it, we are all bad at numbers except for Ryan down there. <laughs> okay, well, and the reason why I picked numbers is someone said affinity plus one. Yeah. So I was hoping to, you know. Okay, so the mystery topic is no mystery, it's dad tonight. I have waited. <laughs> Long have I waited. Four weeks. All right, here we go. <laughs> Randy got it. So, this is, uh, this was not my mystery topic the first week. But then the second week, a good friend of mine, Bill McMillan, passed away in a tragic car accident. Uh, Bill was uh, right at 60 years old, I believe. And so that's kind of close to home for me. I'm 57. Bill uh, was the one of the uh, meat cutters at Schnooks. He'd been there for quite a while. Uh, just, a, just a great guy. He's one of the pillars at Mount Zion. No doubt. One of the pillars at Mount Zion Baptist Church. Uh, Mount Zion's got a new pastor, Brother Weiss, and uh, Bill and Brother Weiss were really close, good friends. So this is my tribute. He was a great dad. Uh, he always talked about his children. Uh, he, he fathered them well. Uh, he would be the first to tell you he wasn't great father but he tried to be uh, and what I mean by that is is that he made mistakes like we all do now I believe his kids would say he was a great father and his wife would probably even say that I'm just telling you what Bill would tell you because we had those conversations he was a great husband he was a great church member he loved his church he supported his pastor he supported his church totally a great pastor supporter I said that a great encourager he, he never ever got around me without saying something positive uh, just basically lifting me up and, and would faithfully text me. Uh, he was kind of my connection. Uh, I do a lot of uh, pulled pork, and so he was a connection that any time the butts went on sale at Schnucks, he'd send me a text, and I would cast that out to other guys that 
him as such. He was a great worker. Uh, all of the guys there that I could tell really liked Bill, and he was a great friend. Uh, and then, you know, it's not going to last very long, so hopefully you guys got some stuff to say about uh, basically roses to the living. But I just want to use this opportunity to encourage you. Uh, you just don't know. Uh, what was it? Three Sundays ago now, Gavin, your wife tells me uh, they're at our lunch together at the Burnett's that, hey, did you hear that Bill McMillan died in a car accident last night? And I was like, eh, it's not the Bill McMillan I know. And she's like, yeah, yeah it is, Ben. And I'm like, well, wow. You know, what do you do? And and so I sat down <laughs> because it was and, – and Bill and I, we didn't hang out a lot. We didn't go do stuff, but, but he, he was real. You know, I, there's something that I – try to pass along and that is is that the most the highest accolade I can give anyone is, is that I believe that they are a sincere Christian I believe that that's what I if you think that about me as far as I'm concerned that's the best thing you can think about me and so I truly can give that about Bill and I would encourage you because we don't know uh, I had I saw him two weeks previous to that at a memorial service and you could ask me then, you know, do you think, how long do you think this guy has? You know, well, good grief, he's 60 years old. He's got 20 more years at least, you know, type deal. Well, not so much. And so we, we just don't know. So roses to the living, live with no regrets. That, that is a challenge of mine. I want to make it to, God forbid, my wife's casket with no regret. Regret. Yeah. Regret. Regret. I have one now. Tony would say. Yeah. As Tony would say. That's right. right. Okay, that, that's what I've got for my mystery topic. So uh, just to tag right on there, let, let the passing of others and the frailty of humanity, when this happens, I just got word of a, one of my classmates that's in um, peril uh, for, for her health. Um, you should constantly let these things influence you. Let, don't let their illness or passing, um, don't, don't try to block it or don't try to, right. to uh, refuse to look at it. Let it constantly distill your priorities. Mm. And we, we all only have a certain amount of time. And it's not a crime to die young. Um, mm. It's a crime to die with regrets or That's die right. with a list of things that were on your priority list at the top and you haven't done them yet. Um, when mom passed away, then the book started happening. So there were, it was always in my mind to, do, to write at some point in my life. When mo mom passed away, that's when uh, the, it came to the top of the list and I started focusing on doing that. Not that those books have changed the world, just that it needed to happen for me. Um, so, so constantly let the passing of those you love or that you know, let it remind you that we have a certain amount of days and you only got a certain amount of time to do the important things. Put them on the top of the list and do them. I don't know if I can say this without getting emotional, but one of the things that just hammered me after my brother's death at 41 years of age uh, back in 2002, I could not remember if I ever told him that I loved him. And it got a hold of me one night that I called his widow, my sister-in-law, Vicki, and I, you know, in tears and just choking up, I said, Vicki, tell me, did I ever tell him that I loved him? I, I can't remember it. I can't, you know. And she said, absolutely, Ben. And, and she, you know, brought those memories, and, and it, you know, relieved the pain that I was going through at that point. But you, you talk about regret, you know, uh, and the such, and the only thing I could remember is is that every time, probably, you know, for the last 10 years previous to his death, that me and Dawn would pack the kids up in the car, there was Tony saying, why you got to leave so early? You know, and I was like, Tony, it's not early. It's Saturday night. I got to preach tomorrow morning. I got an eight-hour drive, dude. <laughs> and he didn't get it, and I didn't get it either, you know. <laughs> I, I didn't get that I had very little time with Tony. And, and he didn't get that I had a responsibility greater than he was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but, but my name's wow. Tony. Yeah, right, so, right, no doubt. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, so right along those those lines again. Uh, in this last book, I came to the conclusion that God intentionally, or His plan was, His purpose was to be a part of every human relationship. Mm. So, loving my neighbor as myself is the same as loving God, and in how I love my neighbor. Uh, affected my relationship with God. Remember, he told us to come, if you come with a, a gift to the altar and you remember you have, your brother has ought against you, go make it right. Make before it right. You, 
if you want to have a relationship with me, you have to make sure your relationship with your neighbors is all right. So if, if God by design is a, as a party to every human relationship, then you, you can get a word to him in heaven. I, I'm convinced you can get a word to your loved one who's in heaven if you need to say I'm sorry, if you need to say I love you, if you need to say something, Christ can mediate that. You bet. He mediated a message coming out of heaven in the case of Lazarus and the, and the he brought back rich the, the, the rich man's message. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And who knows but to his brothers. Yeah. He brought the story back. So whether his brothers were in the crowd when he told that, we don't know. Right. So I, you can trust Christ with it. If you, if you need to get a message to somebody in heaven, I would trust him. Amen. And, and I've done that. I've said, Lord, Amen. you know, if you do this, would, would you let so-and-so know? Mm. Um, I've had a lot of things to say to my dad. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm so sorry. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've said that. Jesus, tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. The, the, we just got one minute maybe here. Uh, the, we got a few. You're good. The other thing, it happened today. Um, we <clears throat> Was it today or yesterday? Anyway, uh, recently that uh, we got word about a, a pastor resigning. And so I, I called another pastor before I called this fella. And he was faithful to basically tell me, you know what the right thing to do is. You know. And I'm like, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> Pray for me that I do it, you know, type thing. And, and it is hard to say those words sometimes to, to the people that we love and the people that we know. And we may or may not be, quote, unquote, on equal footing with them on, on whatever level. But, but we're friends, and, and, and we know that something they're contemplating, you know, and so it's just, it's gold to just go ahead and say, hey, you know, you, you know what the right thing to do here is. And, and I'm telling you, that saved my bacon uh, because I was about to make a mistake. And so uh, I, it, it, I'm just so thrilled that we do love people enough to do that. People love me enough to do that. You know, I've always talked about, you know, to have a booger on my nose. Uh, and, and even though you don't want to tell somebody that, if they truly do, you need to tell them, you know, type thing. I have a, a text from an audience member um, saying a quote from Barbara Bush, that at the end of your life, you will never regret not having passed one more test, not winning one more verdict, or not closing one more deal, but you will regret time not spent with a husband, a friend, or a child, or a parent. Yeah, man. And I think that's one thing that... I was very grateful to have been encouraged to spend time with Grandpa before he passed. And I actually started it even before then when, when the Hoff siblings started passing. I started making sure I spent more time with them. Um, I went to visit Aunt Dot a lot in the nursing home, even though I was in Arkansas. Anytime I came down or up, I rather, I would make sure I went and visited her. And, and Grandma and Grandpa the same. And speaking of Roses to the Living, Grandma is turning 90 in a few days so that's Amen. that's a huge celebration there and we're obviously very thankful to have time with her and i think again you know your friend was much younger and you know still passed away and now grandma you know anyone would say that she's lived a long enough life but we all wish that she could live a, a hundred more yeah so um but you know we don't have much time promised to anyone you know nothing is promised so definitely make sure you spend those times and nothing what affects eternity? And I think our relationships right. with people always affects eternity. Amen. Um, even if it's between two saved individuals. Because that's what eternity is going to be is centered it, yeah. around. Yeah. You know, all everything else is just accoutrements. Right. I mean, yeah, we weren't, we're not going to need money. We're not really going to need food. So we're not going to have to be working the land. There, there's nothing to there do will but. Be hunting, though. I'm not saying there won't be. I'm saying it's not a necessity. So it's not something that's going Correct. to need or require our time. Like it is now. Right. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. So we're, we are going to move on. Um, unless, I, unless I Ryan, you wanted to say next okay. I just wanted to write. Yeah. So this is a, a totally different <laughs> feel of what just transpired. Our next break is called Taylor Swift or Lamentations. 
So I am going to. Um, Ryan is stoked. Right. So, so my first thought so when excited. I saw her text us what we we're going to talk about, I saw Taylor Swift or Lamentations. So I was like, oh, I'm lamenting Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> lamenting. <laughs> well, see, I was just hoping that maybe y'all knew Lamentations well enough that, you know. Yeah. We did this at church camp, and it is fascinating. It is very fascinating. So um, just to explain to those who don't know. You have to guess. Yeah, so I, I'll explain it. I'm explaining. I am going to read a quote. And you have to decide if it is one, a passage from the book of Lamentations, one of the more depressing reads in the Bible as it wow. details the destruction and demise of Jerusalem, or two, if it is a lyric from a Taylor Swift song, one of the more depressing songwriters of her generation as she details every breakup and slight she'd ever what? suffered. Okay, Taylor Swift is a popular <laughs> singer-songwriter, and so she writes a lot about her breakups and I, stuff. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whiff this one pretty good. That's okay. <laughs> um, so, And I also want to let you know that I'm using the message translation from the Lamentation mm. verses. Okay, I just wanted to give that disclaimer. So the first one I'm going to read is, it rains when you're here, and it rains when you're gone. Is that Taylor Swift or Lamentations? <laughs> It rains when you're here, and it rains when you're gone. I want to say Taylor Swift. I'm going to say Lamentations. I feel like I may speak too early, but I feel like that's too deep for Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. Oof. You have Do you have Tim a guess? Swift. Okay, so we have two Taylor Swifts and one Lamentations. Right? Yes. Yeah. Taylor Swift is right. Mm. Oh. She's pretty deep, yeah. So it was so. Taylor Swift. It rains when you're here, and it rains when you're here. It rains when you're not. That's not deep. <laughs> well, That's it's emotional. not. It's <laughs> deeper than what we thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here's, here's another one. Right. Walls of insecurity, shifting eyes, and vacancy vanished when I saw your face. T Swift or Lamentations? No, it's T Swift. Walls of insecurity, shifting eyes, and vacancy vanished when I saw your face. Taylor Swift, yeah. You are correct. All three of you are correct. It is Taylor Swift. We have three more to go here. Have you ever seen anything like this? Ever seen pain like my pain? Seen what he did to me? Limitations. <laughs> you still think Taylor Swift because it's getting so personal, but I'm going to say Lamentations on this one. What did you say, Ryan? I said Taylor Swift. Lamentations was, was correct. First, please. Verse, it doesn't, I don't yeah. actually have the verse. I'm sorry. I borrowed this from someone else and they didn't write the no, verses. I, I guess I could have done my due diligence I'm and gotten trust it. You. I'm, <laughs> I'm trusting <laughs> someone else. I guess I should have double checked. So here's the next one. I remember it all. Oh, how I remember it. The feeling of hitting the bottom. Lamentations. Oh, we both Taylor were Swift. so very. I'll say Lamentations. It is Lamentations. So far, I'm... <laughs> so far, you've got four. it. Okay, last last one. And I don't know. Let's do this as... Let's see what time it is. Yeah, let's do this as an audience one. So, text in your answer, and I will tell you what it is before the show ends. This is the last quote. Long were the nights when my days once revolved around you. Is that Taylor Swift or Lamentations? I'll say it one more time. Long were the nights when my days once revolved around you. Okay, and we're going to finish moving into our last segment of Precarious Moment, chapters 15 and 16, on immigration. We've been in 15 for two weeks now, I feel like. We've been here for a while. Well, there's just a lot to say about this. And, you know, last week we, we basically ended with the melting pot, a dream worth keeping, and that dream is essentially the world's lost, poor, defeated, beaten, tried, persecuted, coming to America for freedom and jettisoning their old country ways and adopting the constitutional and, if you will, spirit of American freedom and becoming Americans. That, that's what the melting pot originally was meant to be a, and still, you know, hopefully should be and as such. Um, in 1919, an American chief of naturalization penned a work for arriving immigrants 
telling them what it meant to become an American, they say here on page uh, 59. An American is a man who is greater in his soul than his class, creed, political party, or in the section in which he lives. To be an American, a man must have an American soul and believe in the spiritual realities upon which America rests and out of which it was born. America was created to unite mankind by those passions which lift and not by the passions which separate and debase. We came to America to get rid of the things that divide and to make sure of the things that unite. The man who seeks to divide men from men, group from group, interest from interest, is in this great union, is striking at its very heart. And that's what we see with identity politics, and that's what we see with, you know, if you will, the liberal, the liberal approach. Uh, they're all about cultural differences. They're all about separation. Yeah, and in their language. Diversity. Diversity. Diversity, diversity, diversity right, right, yeah. And, like, they'll... they'll um, Oh, I forgot the Can words I was going to say. Can you read that part that says the spiritual realities that Americans... That Upon America which America rests and out of which it was born. Okay. So uh, to be an American, a man must have an American soul and believe in those things. Yes, that phrase in particular uh, just struck me. It, it's not because... It, it is, don't get me wrong, because the world has wanted to come here to be free. But there were a set of, of spiritual realities that our founders embraced and claimed and in faith claimed. Mm. They, they, in faith, believed that there was a freedom that God had endowed every soul on earth to enjoy. Um, and as a part of creation, God endowed human beings with that right to be free. And it wasn't just that, it wasn't just any kind of free to do whatever you want to do. It's free, free to pursue goodness and to be good because freedom is a moral principle that is uniquely Christian. It, it comes with a set of standards that are excellent. You, you can only maintain freedom in a society that pursues excellence, that has excellence as its standard. So nations are kind of a big deal. They, they don't come along every day. And some nations are a bigger deal than others. The, the founding of those nations sometimes are an afterthought. I mean, mm -hmm. some, sometimes the way Europe was subdivided after wars was almost arbitrary. Yeah. Or trying to put people groups together. And that was the only reason for that right. uh, nation to exist. The reason America exists is because there, were, there was a group of, a core group of people who believed that God had endowed humanity with the right to be free and gave them a way to live free and per, live in, in uh, the blessings that come from that. And the, the founders did that. And we see a more prosperous and free nation than the world has ever seen. And now we have seen in the last 10 years an almost deluge of attack on that ideal, that America is a place founded on ideals that are critically important, that are, are vital to a meaningful life, a fulfilling life, and, and a pursuit of happiness that's meaningful to you. So we're we're at a precarious moment coming into an election here. We're we're going to decide if that's important to us still or not. Right. Is it still important to us to be free and to, to defend freedom and to speak and elevate a standard that's worth drawing people together to fight for or to, or to vote for or to say this is the standard we want. It's not about coming here for free hot dogs or free for free. Um, Medical care. Right. It, it's, it's an ideal that you're here for. And if we don't protect that by leaving our borders over, open to people who have different standards and different ideas for what America should be or should not be, right. uh, that's what's, a threat. That's what's at, at risk here. Well, and, and so how did we get here? We quit discipling the immigrants about what they've got to do to become Americans. Right. We, we quit discipling them on what it means to assimilate. We quit assim, uh, discipling them on, on what it means, what you just said. That, that they, they should be able to parrot that. Right. You know, they should be able to, to 
re-say that with conviction that, that this is precisely why I came to America. Or once I got here, I realized this is why I'm here, and that is to embrace freedom and, and all the things that go with it. Uh, I want to continue to perpetuate the founding father's dream and as such. You know, I, I think one thing that Christians have done to ourselves is we've, uh, we've allowed people to continue to say the same lie over and over and over and over and over. We vacated the microphones. Oh, there's no doubt. F finish this statement for me. In the American ideologue, in other words, this is something you would hear on CNN. The American dream is to what? Have a house. Have a house. A car. Money yep. in the Money. bank. Yep. Yeah. Right. A boat. To, to have prosperity. Yeah. You yes. know, basically, when you get right down the pursuit to pursuit of happiness. But, but the house is the main thing. Yeah. The American dream is to own your own home. There couldn't be anything more false. Yeah, that's, yeah, not at all. The American dream, per the pilgrims that came over the Mayflower, is to have the freedom to worship God. That's the American dream. Yeah, and even the outside original. of the religious reasons, like, because there were some people, like, not everyone were the pilgrims like right. that they were but they all had the hope and goal to get away from overreaching governments correct they all wanted tyranny like we said freedom right. they didn't want to constantly be you know under someone else's hand that they didn't have the ability to influence mm -hmm. that's why it's a government of the people because they were right. in a government that didn't have the people in control and that's uh, i think it was ben franklin that said uh Anyone who would choose safety over freedom deserves neither. That's kind yeah. of the right. same thought. Right, absolutely. There are, if I can just slip this in here, there, there are three pillars to a free society. And one is that the belief that freedom is endowed by God to each individual. Why did God give us freedom? He gave us freedom for love to be meaningful. Love has no meaning if someone's forced to do it. It changes the character or ter the definition of love, and it demeans both parties. So freedom was given to us so that we might know love and we might live a life guided by love. You, you, if you're free and you're free from the ideal of love and putting other people before you, it's going to be a wreck. So freedom, love, and love. the 13th chapter of John tells us that, First uh, John, I think it's 13, tells us that love rejoices in truth. Tr truth is also a guide for freedom. So love, <clears throat> free freedom helps define love. Love rejoices in the truth, and the truth will make you free. So you've got a, a three-pillar foundation for free society to, to live on. If we don't embrace that as an ideal, fr freedom can't stand. You, you then have a, um, when you detach freedom from morality, you have a free-for-all right. and a free-fall. Right. Everyone's freedom, version of freedom is freedom, and we have to accommodate that. Um, I think, too, the reason why we're, there's a few reasons, obviously, why we're in the predicament we're in today as far as immigration goes. But I think um, the, one of our audience members texted, it, texted in, like, when a man calls himself Afro-American, a Mexican-American, an Italian-American, or an Irish-American, a Jewish-American, what he's saying is, I'm a divided American. Right. We've allowed our differences to actually become a part of our identity, where we, like, like this one says, is that God is making the American, and it's saying, bring all of the things you have and cast them into the melting pot, and now you are a new person, you're an American, and that's kind of something that this book hints at, is that um, as Christians, if we must fully embrace the standards, standards, values, beliefs, and practices God has established for his kingdom, so we are immigrants coming from our sinful world into God's kingdom, so immigration is something, assimilation is something that we're not um, strangers to, and so that is why, like, assimilation is a thing, you know, it's, it's biblical, assimilation, and it's worth, into, and it's worth, it's worth it. Right, right. There, there are there's some themes of excellence that appeal to every human being here. Right. So he says here on page uh, 62 that the biblical model, uh, significantly, when God's people went from Israel to Babylon uh, some 2,600 years ago, the Lord told them concerning that new land, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. 
This should be the attitude of every immigrant coming into any new nation. Work to help that country prosper and improve, become a blessing to it. And the only, re the only way to do that is to assimilate uh, and to do it properly, to do it legally. Uh, and, and we don't, th that is not what is happening right now. Uh, and I do not fault anyone for wanting to better themselves. But if they're willing to better themselves at the loss of someone else, now we have a problem. And so. Yeah, your, your freedom shouldn't be at my cost. Correct. Right. My mother used to always Necessarily. say. Necessarily. Yeah, your the, freedom. That, that, there's not, that doesn't hold in every case, but. Your freedom ends at the beginning of my nose. <laughs> in Octavia. She said that a lot. Uh, one here, point I want to make, if you want the goods of the nation, you have to emulate the good of the nation which is our Constitution, our morals, and our God. Yeah. Um, there was a lot that the Founding Fathers wrote on assimilation. I don't know if we have time to hit them all tonight. We'll try to hit three some more. Three weeks on the same chapter? I, wow. Well, so technically, I guess, going into We're in 16. Now, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, we probably could talk because we didn't even hit on the European um, lessons. Correct. from. Uh, this, but I'm uh, I'm imagining we'll probably bring up things later as well. So we will move on to chapter 16 and so on next week. Tonight, to end us off is a word to end us to end us, to end us is a word I of wisdom from Ryan. Expectations. It's <laughs> <laughs> so a little context. We talked a few weeks ago about books we were reading. This is from the book I was reading. Uh, in the story, Merlin the magician is tutoring this little kid, and he's teaching him to do something, and in the middle of it, the kid gets scared and wants him to come help him. And he said, I'll do it this time. And then the quote is, uh, education is experience, and and the essence of experience is self-reliance. Very I, good. I love those old books just for little snippets of, mm -hmm. it's yeah. so basic, but deep yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Meaningful. Amen. All right, thanks for joining us tonight, guys. Oh, and the last quote was Taylor Swift. I had two audience members text in saying, Taylor Swift, you were correct. It was Taylor Swift. Long nights when my days were once <laughs> revolved around you. Thanks for coming tonight. Tell your friends, neighbors, and relatives to come next week Please. and share the word on your socials. Good night. <laughs>